love. It's more than a feeling and greater than something we fall into and out of. Love is the ongoing sacrifice of our own desires for the ongoing well-being of others. And at the center of the Christmas story, love is exactly what God is lavishing on us all. His love is why He becomes flesh. It's why He lives with us, and it's why He dies for us. That love is what our world needs the most right now. And our own hearts would do well to drink deeply from God's love too. It's an invitation for every person and it's here now because Jesus is here now. This is love. Welcome to Christmas. Hey, good morning. Merry Christmas. It feels like it just like got here way too quick this year for me. I don't know if it feels that way for you guys, but I'm excited. I know you're all excited. I know that all these kids are excited, and um, I know that you're excited to take them home after we've got them all gacked up on sugar this morning. So have fun the rest of the day, guys. Um, will you stand with me? We're going to look at our text today, which is John 3.16. It's one that we've all heard, many of us know by heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Father, we're grateful for this morning, this day to remember the sacrifice of yourself in Jesus, the giving of your son who makes a way for us to be in a loving relationship with you. And so we just ask that your truth is spoken this morning, that if there's anything that, that I say that's less than the fullness of your truth, that those words would just fall to the ground. But we thank you and we praise you for this time and this space. And so we give it all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, you ever thought about the word love? There's, there's not a whole lot of words that are as widely used as the word love. Think about it. You can love your spouse. You can love your kids. You can love your dog. You can love ice cream. You can love Christmas. You can love hockey, you can just name it, anything we say we love. And as widely as that word is used, it's just as widely defined. When we use the word love, we have our definition of it, but it may not be the other person's. So I want to share with you some kids' definitions of love this morning. This is from Carl, who's age five. Love is when a girl puts on perfume and a boy puts on shaving cologne and they go out and smell each other. <laughs> Our Noel, who's age seven. Love is when you tell a guy you like his shirt, then he wears it every day. Or here's Tommy, age six. Love is like a little old woman and a little old man who are still friends even after they know each other so well. And then this wisdom bomb from Bobby, who's age seven. Love is what's in the room with you at Christmas if you stop opening presents and listen. Each week, we've been walking through the four themes of Advent, hope, peace, joy, and love during this series called Welcome to Christmas. We've explored what true hope is, what real peace is, what the fullness of joy is, and today we're gonna look at love. We've been seeking to live into each of these things in this space between the first Christmas that we celebrate today and the culmination of Christmas that we see in Revelation 21. 
when the kingdom of God is established forever. We recognizing that although hope, peace, joy, and love arrived with the birth of Jesus, we are not fully in them yet. In short, the kingdom of God where hope, peace, joy, and love rule is both now and not yet. And so today with the last candle of Advent, the candle of love, we're going to look at the very deep nature of God's love. And here's why. Because I believe that once we grasp and experience the nature of God's love, we will become more passionate about loving God. And so look at John 3.16 as we dive into the nature of God's love. That's the best place to start. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. For God so loved that he gave. God loved, God gave. The nature of God's love is to give. Love itself is known in giving. Remember little Bobby's comment, love is what's in the room with you at Christmas. If you stop opening presents and listen, the idea of giving at Christmas is rooted in love. We give each other gifts to show that we love each other. But Bobby's right. When we get quiet and listen on Christmas morning, we actually experience love. The nature of God's love is to give. God's love is a verb. It's an action. But it's also a noun. Listen to this in 1 John 4, 16. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. So follow me here for just a moment. For God so loved that he gave. God is love. This means that the love is one of God's essential attributes. Without love, he could not be God. And we can know some things about God's love when we explore it as essential to his nature. For example, because God is self-existent, I know that his love had no beginning. Because he's eternal, I know that his love has no end. Because he's infinite, I know that his love has no limit. Because he's holy, I know that his love is spotlessly pure. Because he's immense, his love is, in the words of pastor and author A.W. Tozer, an incomprehensibly vast, bottomless, shoreless sea before which we kneel in joyful silence and from which the loftiest eloquence retreats, confused and abashed. For God so loved then means not only did he love as a verb, an action, but his act of loving comes from the fact that he is love, a noun. That means that when God loves as a verb, he gives of himself because he is love, a noun. So the nature of God's love is self-sacrificial. For God so loved then means that God gave of himself because he is, by nature, love itself. For God so loved the world. Now here's the thing. Love must have an object. And John 3.16 tells us who the object of God's love is. And it's the world. 
The Greek word here is cosmon. It's the word for cosmos. All of creation, which includes you and me. I think the gospel writer John used that word very intentionally, that word cosmos, because it makes it clear that nothing, and maybe more importantly, no one, is outside of God's love. And that's because God is love by nature. God could not be love by nature and yet let yet be limited in who and what he loves. For God so loved. And he loved because he is love. He who is love must love. He who is love cannot not love. We as fallen people can love but we are not by nature love, which is why apart from the nature of God imputed in us, we cannot love fully and completely, but only in part. For God so loved the world. Because God is love, all that is, is the object of his love. Even if you think yourself unlovable, you are loved by God. Because God's love for all of us was never about us. It was about him. He loves because he is love. This truth makes God's love about God. Now that's good news. Because if God's love for you and I was always about God, then there is nothing we can do to remove ourselves from his love. Because he is love. This is why Paul writes these words in Romans 8, 38 and 39. Listen to this. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is good news. Good news that is not about you or me, but about God who is love. Therefore, if you think yourself unlovable to God, you are mistaken because he is love. And as love, he must love. Nothing can separate us from the love of God because God is love and the object of his love is all creation, the cosmos, which includes you and me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God's love as his very nature is given through the birth of Jesus. God loved because he is love. God gave because he is love. God gave his son in love so that as Paul says, nothing can separate us from his love in Christ Jesus. God is love. Love gives. The gift of Jesus that we celebrate at Christmas is the gift 
that secures each of us in God's love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. To believe in Jesus is to place ourselves in the center of the very love of God. It's to reciprocate God's love for us. Eternal life, as John 3.16 says, comes through belief in Christ. John 17.3 tells us that eternal life is knowing God and knowing Christ. And to know God means to be in an intimate and loving relationship with God through Christ. In all of this, we have the point of Christmas. Christmas is an invitation, an invitation to realize just how deep God's love is for us and to believe in the gift of Jesus who is a gift of love from the very nature of God who is love itself and to recognize that God's love for the world is about God, which is why when we believe in Jesus, nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is God himself by nature. I believe that when we understand that Christmas is truly about God's self-sacrificial, endless, limitless, pure, boundless love manifest through his giving of himself in Jesus, and we realize that because God's love for us is about God and not us, then we can fully experience God's love around the tree on Christmas morning when we stop opening presents and listen. Listen to God's call of love. Listen to God's invitation of love. And when we experience the love of God in the room with us, then we can respond. See, here's the thing. The response is critical. Sometimes people think that because God is love, that his love simply takes us captive. Because he is love, he must love me, which he does. But his love doesn't take us captive. Love has no captives. Love only has willing receivers. We must willingly receive the love of God just as we receive any other gift at Christmas with humility and gratitude. And that gift of God's love is a gift of God's presence. Listen to this in Revelation 21, verses 22 through 27. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, 
nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. God, who is love, loved us through the act of giving his Son so that we can have eternal life which is to live in an intimate and loving relationship with him forever. You know, for the past four weeks, we lit a candle, a candle of hope, peace, and joy. Today, I want to light the last candle, the white candle. This candle represents Christ. And so at Christmas, we light the Christ candle to commemorate that. But I want to do something else. I want to extinguish the other four. I want to extinguish the candle of hope and peace and joy and love. And here's why. Because all hope, all peace, all joy, All love is in that one light. There is no hope, peace, joy, or love apart from the light of Christ. The light that is in us, the light that we can share, if we put our faith in him to provide all hope, all peace, all joy, and all love, he will be those very things for us. He'll be them for us now in the not yet. And he will be them for us forever, perfectly, in all of eternity. Father, we thank you so much for the light of Christ that we remember and celebrate this Christmas Eve knowing, Lord, that you have given us your son as a gift of love from yourself, knowing that your love is limitless and boundless, It has no end and it had no beginning. And so, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that in him we have all love. And so, Father, let this light magnify our lives. Let it inflame our hearts and our souls and let it illuminate our world for the glory of your Son. Amen.